Millions of frontline workers keep our economy running and are provided with the latest technology to do their jobs. But digital adoption, especially by frontline workers, is really hard. This is Frontline Innovators. We explore how to overcome challenges and achieve success when we empower our essential workers. I'm Justin Lake. And I'm Gene Signorini. Together, we speak with experts who are leading the way and driving digital transformation to the front line. This podcast is sponsored by Skillful on a mission to help frontline workers learn and use the technology needed to succeed in their jobs. Welcome to the Frontline Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Gene Signorini, and I'm excited for today's episode. Today's guest is an action-based leader with multi-dimensional expertise, empowering people to bring their best energy every day. With more than 15 years global experience in designing systems, tools, products, and services, she currently serves as Product Management Director, Modern Workplace Transformations Frontline Worker at Microsoft. Please welcome Tulsi Keshkamat. Tulsi, really excited for you to join us today. Thanks for coming along. Likewise, Gene. This is a favorite topic, so excited to be here as well. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm really excited to share um, your thoughts with the audience today. So, uh, you know, one of the things, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know, we like to kind of ask our guests um, this kind of, you know, big question, which is, what's the biggest challenge you see facing the deskless workforce today? That's a great question. And I love that you start with this one. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's happening currently in the world. I mean, no surprise, everyone understands the pandemic has been difficult for all of us. One of the things that this pandemic has brought front and center is that digital transformation, as we think about it for an organization, is critical to information workers or what we call the uh, people who have desks. But it is also critical to frontline workers or what you described as the set of people who are deskless. They are typically mobile first, but the, the pandemic really did a good, good job of showing us how critical they are. We, the world cannot run without them. That, that just became immediately obvious. But also it became important for us to realize that they need to be part of this conversation of digital transformation. If we don't include them, we are going to be left behind and we can't adjust to the changes that are happening. So that's the first thing. From there, now I, I've seen customers do this. I've seen organizations do this where they, they when the pandemic hit, they suddenly found that they didn't have great ways to communicate to, that, to their frontline. So now they had to adjust to that and they had to adjust to the speed and scale at which they have to do it. But then that brings, brings us to the major thing that I think about every day, the big challenge that I'm dealing with, which is, okay, so now we have technology that we help to address some of these challenges, but do we help in the way that they need to be helped? Are we giving them technology with empathy, understanding their problems, giving them the tools that they need to solve their problems? Or are we making it the primary focus of what they have to do? Are we using technology to empower them? Or are we, I've heard you describe this, are we doing technology? To them, right? So one of the one of the major challenges here is making sure that we are providing that technology to them in a way that it disappears. Their goal, what they're trying to accomplish, is the more important thing, not 
the tool that they are using to solve it. That just needs to merge into the workflow that they are trying to perform. So to me, that is a major challenge and I'm trying to solve that every day. So I, I, I think that's, that's great, Tulsi. And, and I love how you kind of use those two terms, empathy and, and empowerment. And, and I'd love to kind of come back and talk to that. I mean, the other thing that I, I think you talked about so um, succinctly was kind of this, this definition of, of frontline. Um, right. And, it, and it's funny because you, you kind of talked about how the pandemic has just, I think, raised awareness for the value of frontline workers. I mean, it's certainly a term that we've used at Skillful pre-pandemic. We were using it. I know that Microsoft was using that term pre-pandemic, but it just seemed all of a sudden, you know, if you had used that term three years ago, right, people would be like, well, what do you what's a frontline worker? How do you define that? And I think it's just now everybody's talking about frontline workers all the time. You probably do a Google search for news, frontline workers, you know, there's articles all over the place. So it's it's really interesting. So, you know, talk a little maybe a little bit more about how Microsoft kind of defines that, um, you know, how, how you define kind of the, the frontline worker. Yeah, sounds good. So frontline workers to me and to Microsoft are those key employees that are part of every major industry and are keeping the daily operations of that industry going. So typically they are mobile first. So you use the term deskless, we use the term mobile first, but mm -hmm. pretty much the same thing. Yep. Uh, they are in a, a scheduled job that requires a lot of task management. Um, and they are the ones who are interfacing with your customers. They are the ones interfacing with the product, with the product line, uh, the ground operations. So to give a few examples, if we were to think about the uh, customer service agents or uh, the store employees in a retail store who are helping with customers. In manufacturing, you can think about the workers who are working on the line. In healthcare, you can think about the doctors and nurses who are literally taking care of us. All of these are frontline workers. And one important tidbit that I want to share, Jean, is uh, very often we used to talk about information workers as mm -hmm. being the critical component of any industry. They are obviously, you and I are probably information or knowledge workers, but frontline workers far exceed the number of information workers in, in, in any industry. Yep. So in many cases, um, hospitality, airline, healthcare, retail, manufacturing, these ratios are six to one, eight to one, 10 to one, right? So there's that many more frontline workers. And therefore now with the pandemic, because that criticality has come forward, as you pointed out, it has come front and center. That word frontline has come front and center because that sudden realization is there that we have not been thinking about them until yeah. now. And, and it's really interesting. You talked about, you know, this difference, you, you know, you at, at Microsoft term kind of mobile first, we've been using the term deskless just because, you know, even in the pandemic said, oh, everybody's a mobile worker, right? And, and I think that's true, right? Because most workers today, even if they're, you know, mostly work at their desk, right? They have mobile tools and technologies at their disposal. But I think you're talking, it's not really about the technology, about the state of being, right? They're typically mobile or they're not at their desk, right? And I think that's the important distinction. The other thing that you talked about, which I think may be becoming a misnomer now, which is, you know, information versus knowledge workers, right? Because increasingly, like, Frontline workers are information workers, right? Frontline workers are knowledge workers, right? We're trying to push more information and give more information to them 
as you talked about, to, to empower them to make decisions, right? And, and I think that's really kind of a, a, a critical thing, which is we need to start thinking about our deskless workers as another knowledge worker, information worker population. I so love that you're making that point because it is critical to understand that the in access to information, the ability to connect and collaborate, all of that is very, very relevant to the frontline, right? You have to give them the, you have to empower them allow them to make the decisions and oftentimes their decisions have to be a lot more real time than in the case of an of someone who's uh, sitting at a desk i also really like how you double down on the fact that information workers and frontline workers are different and we have to think about them differently it isn't about giving someone a phone like me being able to check my email on a phone is very different from the tasks that a frontline worker has to perform and the tools that they are using in order to perform those tasks so really keeping that difference in mind and being thoughtful about are we giving them the right technology to do that set of tasks yeah. that is super important yeah, I think it's a, it's a very great point, right? Which is you have to understand their work. You have to understand their jobs, right? Before we can understand what technology, you know, would be helpful to them, as you kind of mentioned early on, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we talked about a little bit, we were dipping into kind of Microsoft and, and their vision of it. And I think everybody that's probably listening here knows who Microsoft is. Um, but I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your role specifically in, in your team, you know, modern, modern workplace and frontline worker. So just, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Like, what do you do? What does your team do? What are you responsible for? Great. So my team, uh, I specifically focus on frontline worker. When I say frontline worker, it's about the experiences that the frontline worker is happening, is having. Uh, these are the tools that we are providing them. So these might be different tools that they need in order to connect and collaborate with each other. Uh, these are things like walkie talkie, for instance. There are Teams apps that we have created, a number of them, which allows them to do everything from their schedule management, what shift do I sign up for to task management? Once I show up for my shift, once I clock in, what is the set of things that I'm expected to do today? That clarity is very important for, especially in that frontline worker space. Um, and my team helps provide that. We think about the entire workflow of all the tasks that they need to achieve, whether they may need to get approvals for things, they may need to escalate some things, they may need to uh, do targeted communication with each other or uh, their manager may need to reach out to, to a specific set of people. So those are all the features that my team has built. But we also think holistically about all the various personas in an organization. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, we have these app experiences that are built for the frontline. On the other hand, we, are, we also build experiences which enable others like the IT admins to go go roll these things out to the front end, right? It's super important that we make that easy. IT admins have um, very specific things that they're thinking about. Uh, they, they need to think about security, reliability, uh, everything that they're choosing has to be enterprise grade. But at the same time, they, they also want to roll out solutions that allow them to become champions for the front line. Right. So how do we make it easy for them to do that? That's another thing that my uh, team works on. So really how we 
how we do this is we talk to a lot of customers we shadow a lot of customers we are observing how frontline workers are doing their job so we have simple insights that come out of it for instance we find that um, every day when they come in they are looking at a notice board where that's the time that uh, the organization knows they can grab their attention so there are brochures there are directions there are health guidelines there simply observing that kind of thing gives us ideas on okay when they are clocking in that's when we have their attention we can get information out to them that's the type of thing that we do we observe we interview we take all of these things together and we try our best to give them the products that will empower them to do their jobs in the context that they are in now now it's interesting when you talk about um the products and obviously you're in a product management role in, in that group. I mean, everybody is probably well aware uh, of, you know, the big products that Microsoft provides, right? So take something like, like Teams, right? And, and I think you alluded to the fact that, okay, but, you know, Teams, you know, but Teams with a twist, right? Teams kind of oriented toward what the frontline needs. And I think you alluded to maybe like a, a time tracking um, component of that. Um, yeah, the so how do you the ships ships out? So is that working with partners? Is it kind of taking, okay, we're taking the teams and now kind of, you know, making a subset of that product. Just talk a little bit about how kind of you're, you're attacking that from saying, okay, you know, we have some great technology and great foundations at, at Microsoft, but now we have to put it through a different lens, if you will. Yeah. So um, again, you, you keep hitting some great points. The, when you, when we think about teams and how we are thinking about teams as a platform and how we are then building the blocks that uh, can be used to provide solutions, we are really thinking in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So you're probably familiar with that. Yeah. So we want to start with the basic things. So frontline workers, they are mobile first. We, we're thinking about the devices that they need to use, the device management that the organization needs to do so that they can access those devices in a safe way and perform their tasks that they need. The, the As we go up, the next layers that we're thinking about are now, so now Teams is running on these devices. Teams gives them some basic functionality that allows them to connect with each other, to collaborate with each other, each other uh, for instance uh, calling uh, you know chatting all of these are already like baked in basic experiences inside yep. of teams now when we start becoming even more specific for a frontline worker i talked a little bit about they often have to do task management they often have to do schedule management how do we provide them with the solutions that are catered to that communication is a critical component that communication could be between if you and i are frontline workers we might need to use a walkie-talkie type uh, ap application to just be able to connect to each other. I might need your help or, or I'm, I'm might need, hey, where is this? I can't find this in the uh, warehouse, right? Those kind of con conversations, or it might be corporate has to communicate with the frontline worker. For example, to say, uh, here are some new COVID health guidelines that we're rolling out. We need you to do blah, blah, blah every day, right? So we really need to think about that entire gamut of everything that needs to happen need to think about things that are happening across these various industries and really like 
synthesize that into what is the set of solutions that we can provide on top of this amazing extensible platform. So there's a lot of things that organizations can do also in terms of customization, really pick and choose how they want that experience to work or uh, really use our recommendations on, hey, we think given all the work that we've done in this space, we think this is the uh, the direct experience that you need to use. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting because, you know, again, if you're a deskbound worker or a knowledge worker and you think of Microsoft Teams, you probably think of what you and I are doing right now, which is some sort of video conferencing and, and communicating. But for the frontline work for, worker, they're not using video conferencing, at least in the way we think of it, right, where they've got scheduled meetings and they're popping up and saying, oh, I need Teams for this. I think you highlighted, no, there's, a different set of functionality or a different set of things that they need, right, to do during the day. That's that's and I think it highlights that distinction you talked about earlier between the information worker and the frontline worker. That that's exactly right. What what you're saying is the that difference of being able to think about not grabbing their attention at the wrong time, but being available for them when they need to perform a specific task. It's really about that goal orientation. Yeah, and I can even see it for, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the new Microsoft products, Microsoft Viva, right? Is the, you know, um, employee experience platform is probably yes. what they call it. See, I've, I've watched some Microsoft, uh, I, I've watched some Microsoft stuff as well. But, you know, you talked about that bulletin board as a perfect example, right, where, you know, traditionally it's been very difficult, right? I think you alluded to this in, in your earlier statement, which is, you know, how do we even communicate with our frontline workers? You know, in a lot of ways, they, you know, some frontline workers don't have email. They may have a mobile device and they may have applications they need to do their job, but they don't have basic communication tools, collaboration tools, maybe even email in some cases. And so now, you know, the, the best way we can inform them of, that upcoming training is on the bulletin board when they when they come in. And that seems certainly kind of an antiquated way to, to think about doing that. And naturally, when you talk about it, I'm like, well, that's kind of what I think the problem something like Viva is supposed to try to solve. Absolutely. Right? So Viva Connections is absolutely our answer to that. We, we literally, we observed that this is, is how they every day when they're checking in there is always this notice board everyone looks at what is there today on the notice board what's on the roster right and so viva connections really helps to plug in into that context into that need which is there on a daily basis you're just doing it in a more flexible manner because you can do it on your mobile phone uh, you don't have to stand there you don't have to crowd up you can just be moving around um, doing your jobs and looking at what exactly the equivalent of that notice board would have been. So Viva Connections is actually a great way for uh, frontline workers to get access to everything that they care about in that one place. Yeah. So how long have you been with Microsoft? Oh, 15 years. It's been a while now. Okay. So one of the things we like to kind of dig in a little bit on, on, the, on the podcast as well is kind of how did you get to where you are, right? So kind of what drove both your kind of path to innovation and also what I'm really interested in here, how did you kind of land in this, in, in kind of the, the spot where you are, which is focused on, on frontline. So I'll uh, talk a little bit about my passions and my background, and then I'll talk a little bit about why this was such a deliberate thing for me. So the, uh, I, I'm a computer science engineer 
basically. And I started, uh, I worked in different parts of Microsoft and I'd done many different roles. In fact, um, I've done project man product management. I've done, um, I've been a developer in the past. Uh, th there's many roles that I have done. And I've worked on a variety of uh, experiences as well. The thing that has been, Part of me, as I as I got to know myself better and what kinds of roles I enjoy best, two things stood out to me. The first was that I'm passionate about people. And that includes the people that I'm working with, the teams that I'm leading, but very importantly, the customer, right? So that was a huge part of uh, what I love doing. The second is I really love problem solving. And we talked a little bit in the beginning about empathy and empowerment. You can see how these two things actually map because when I'm thinking empathy, get understanding what people are about, understanding what, what they need, what their problems are, that curiosity aspect, that comes with that passion for people, that empathy piece. And how do I use that knowledge to then go solve the problems to empower them so that they are successful in what they're trying to accomplish. That's how I really landed in this area. I've having done different jobs previous to this current role that I'm in, I was in a product leader role for uh, Power Platform. Power Platform is again, a low code, no code. It's a collection of um, um, applications. So for instance, it's Power, power Apps, uh, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent, Power BI. This is a suite of products. Uh, but what they really do is they allow people to build their own solutions in a low-code, no-code way. So that that was really meaningful for me. It, it grabbed my attention because it didn't require someone to have a computer science degree to solve their problem. Right. So I kept building upon that uh, when I saw, found this opportunity to go help the frontline workspace. It was just a natural extension mm. of that desire to meaningfully contribute to empowerment. Yeah. And it certainly sounds like, you know, when we talk about it, it's, it's probably one of those. It's certainly one of the segments of the workforce that probably hasn't been as understood as it should be when it comes to technology. So it certainly sounds like a, a logical progression for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so underserved. It's so critical. It just felt like a really um, place close to my heart where I could contribute. And it certainly sounds like you take kind of that empowerment message outside of work as well. I mean, I noticed from your LinkedIn profile, volunteer at economic empowerment. Um, talk a little bit about that. And, and, and so, I mean, you know, it's one thing to say you're passionate about something in work, but it certainly sounds like this is a, a theme for you in, in life as well. I would completely agree with that. Empathy and empowerment, I've found these tools to be effective in all walks of life. So um, what you might have seen is early on and it, very early when I had joined Microsoft, I got uh, interested in this concept of microloans and I started volunteering and I actually started started um, engaging some of my Microsoft colleagues in my volunteering efforts. So micro loans again was and the idea of empowering uh, people who are economically disadvantaged, but in a way that they can bootstrap themselves out of their situation. So it um, you, you've probably heard the story of like you, you give someone a fish, you feed them for a day, but you yep. give someone a fishing rod, you feed them for life. So that idea has always appealed to me. And um, so uh, 
when you when you provide micro loans very small loans to the women of in a household it was found that the woman would then start uh, investing in say she she buys a sewing machine she uh, and i say woman because at that time it was focused on women i'm sure it applies more broadly to all genders but um, it, specifically the finding was that the woman is very likely to give back to her family by making these small investments someone bought a buffalo and uh, started selling milk the woman would then invest in her children, send them to school. Now the cycle is broken. So that is true empowerment because now she's able to bootstrap her entire family. Her children are going to go on to do the next level of things. So that's how that interest had started. And then I've, I apply this regularly in with my children. I have two kids, um, grade school kids. Yeah. So um, I found that, you know, understanding them with empathy being curious about what they are saying not being dismissive i mean of course everyone tries to feels that way about their children i'm sure and then empowering them to solve them their own problems one of the things i always say to my children is i'm not going to be with you everywhere forever so i need them to be empowered to judge make their own decisions right so that's how it really aligns with other aspects of my life as well that's that's fantastic. And as I said, obviously you can hear that passion coming through. And and I think the the story about um, microloans and economic empowerment it's 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 great. And I would love to talk about it uh, for all day as well. But um, I, I do want to kind of pull it back and, and and kind of continue on that theme of the kind of empowerment theme. Um, and you mentioned kind of like you've got kind of two stakeholders that you kind of think about, right? You think about the frontline workers themselves, like the people who are going to be using the technology. And then you talk about the stakeholders within the organization who are, you know, helping to deploy that technology and deliver that technology to that frontline workforce. So let's kind of pull it back first with the frontline. If you were to ask them, right, no, taking the empathy standpoint, right, what would they say their biggest challenges today? So for sure, we, we've had this conversation, so it's yeah. not really a, a hypothetical yeah, question, yeah. right? Um, we, we talk to them, depending on who you're talking to, you will probably hear a few different answers, but when you put them all together, they, they talk about, hey, I want the ability, I want flexibility, I want access to information so that I can make the right decisions in the flow versus having to wait for someone. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that access to information is critical. And I see that actually also as a, a very central part to empowerment. Um, and then connection and collaboration. A lot, lot of times frontline workers are talking a lot more to each other. So I will say that when the world suddenly went to working uh, in the remote model, when, we, when the pandemic hit, it was fairly okay. We all obviously suffered the consequences of it. We missed being in our workplaces. We collaboration became difficult. But imagine how much harder it was for a frontline worker. They're not sitting at their desks, but they're typically operating within three to five feet of each other, right? Now they are used to talking to each other. They're used to saying, hey, can you come over and show me how I can you know, handle this task? Um, that suddenly changed for them. So that ability to connect, ability to collaborate, that is super important. Another thing uh, that uh, that they struggle with on a reg regular basis, which I know you are well aware of, is training and onboarding. Mm -hmm. Just the 
the way that changes are made um, with information workers there's typically a lot of planning that happens there's there are these uh, detailed rollouts that happen frontline workers don't have that luxury they are in critical situations all the time their uh, tasks are often very time sensitive and they are not constantly on devices which are which you know they can const learning is a harder thing for them yeah. for us to even roll that out to them so it is it's important to solve those challenges as well. Provide them with the with the tooling and functionality so that it is a little bit easier. Communicate with them so that you understand their problems and communicate the solutions that you're building for them also, right? I, I often find that both sides of that equation break down. Sometimes we uh, may end up solving a different problem, <laughs> which, uh, which is not really critical to how they are they are operating or we may solve it in a way that doesn't work for them or we may have solved it in an awesome way we haven't communicated to them how it works so they can't make the most out of it so all of these are problems and these are there are variations of these problems that i've heard from them another area that i have uh, seen is there are also generational differences in frontline mm -hmm. workers so there's the uh, set of people who uh, have been in the area in this space for a while who really know their jobs they have the expertise but to them technology seems daunting they they or, are or more, even or even invasive right to them yeah. if they've been doing something a certain way for so long absolutely and who wouldn't feel that way right if change is hard for everybody but then if um, we we give them the set of uh, we, we give them solutions and their ask typically is just tell me what i need to do right like i don't I, I I just need to know exactly what is expected. They don't want to experiment with it. They don't want to try to learn it too deeply. They just need to do the job. And on the other hand, you have the much newer set of uh, people who are coming into the space who are a lot more um, you know, comfortable with technology, comfortable with devices, and are also uh, in some ways uh, have expectations on how technology should serve them. There are people who will actually make decisions about is, is this something that I need, I want to do every day? Are these the set of tools that, how do I feel about them? Is my voice being heard? So a lot of that is also part of uh, what we hear as we have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, I think you've raised so many interesting points. I mean, one of them is this, this notion of of giving you know of the need for frontline workers to kind of have the information that they need when they need it right and and we found is that i think you've talked a little bit about this is people can feel like they're on an island right in a lot of ways right and in some cases they are which is you know you know traditionally it may be that hey i i do have the ability maybe to tap the shoulder or ask my supervisor to come over or a colleague to show me how to do something but in some environments they don't have that capability right if they're uh you know, uh, a food and beverage delivery driver or a field technician who are out there trying to solve a problem on their own, right? And they're like, I need the information at, at my fingertips. Um, and then it's it's also kind of the way they want to consume that information, right? That generational piece, like you said, is, hey, in some ways, like, uh, you know, that maybe that younger generation is used to kind of the self-service model, right? Which is, I want to learn something. I know that 
I can pick up my device and I should be able to learn it right there and then. Um, which also I think goes into the, the other point which you're making is, hey, you've got to deliver it in the means that that works for me that I, I can actually use. So I, you know, I go back, I was, you know, chuckling a little bit is, you know, I, I, I tend to feel like, you know, frontline workers have often been overlooked or, or um, underlooked at least from a learning and development standpoint, right? Using the same tools that they would for deskbound workers, even if it's like, okay, here, here's, here's a 20 minute video on how to do something like this, right? Yeah, I, don't line worker, you know, I don't have 20 minutes and I don't have the bandwidth to actually stream this video right down to my device. And That's so right. there are things that are, are seem fairly obvious when you break it down, right? Or when you talk to folks or observe them, but are actually like, okay, this is a challenge that now we have to meet. So talk, I think this probably relates now to the second part of my question, which is, okay, for the people who are charged with, you know, implementing the technology, right, your other stakeholders, talk about their challenges. So there's, uh, there's, there's a whole range. Again, um, I firmly believe that they, they want to support their frontline workforce right they there is growing recognition as you said that the front the word frontline has even become a lot more mainstream because there is this growing understanding that they need it they they need to activate this workforce to simply to keep things going there's this whole other conversation around like retention for many organizations has become a problem in the wake of the pandemic so just the set of challenges has grown so um they are now very the, uh, the organization is now very focused on solving this. Our role there is we want to enable to, them to solve these problems, for instance, by making it easy for them to go set these things up, by giving them the tools by which they can understand the feedback from their frontline. Are they really being able to plug the gap? Um, are they really solving the problems in a way that those needs are met? Are they looking at the tools in a way where those training and onboarding needs are also taken into account? So that are they thinking holistically? So that's that's a that's one whole piece of that uh, conversation of like, are we thinking about the various personas in the organization? There's there's often many different people, right? There's there's IT admins who have to roll things out. Um, we're making it easier for them. There's also uh, what we call the business decision makers. This might mm -hmm. be your frontline manager. Yep. So, so we talked a lot about frontline workers, but um, another uh, big like set of this uh, whole equation is frontline managers. Uh, think about this as your store manager right they are often responsible for the running of the store now what do they need in order to keep things going we have to think about that are they being able to provide the right information to their frontline workers set the right expectation because typically they are the person who are publishing the tasks to the frontline worker right uh, your daily tasks are not coming from corporate or headquarters maybe headquarters will roll out uh, standard guidelines for like covid COVID safety rules. But um, the fact that uh, the front of the store display has to be set up, that is going to be done by the frontline manager. So it's my job, my team's job to be thinking about that person as well and making it easy for them to perform their job. Um, and then, of course, we talked a lot in depth about frontline workers, understanding their day-to-day -day flows and ensuring that our technology 
allows them to accomplish them in a more optimal fashion that's important i'm i'm so glad you brought up kind of this notion of the frontline manager or frontline supervisor because it's something that we hear all the time and in fact you know one of our our customers at skillful was talking to us recently and you mentioned the pandemic earlier and and certainly the the challenges that that ha- that that has raised you know one of which has been you know this um this uh constraint on on labor right and the challenges of of hiring and and bringing people on to do work and what we've heard is that in many cases the frontline supervisors have been asked to do the roles right which they can't fill right so whether it's a delivery driver or, or, or a technician right they're saying oh you've got to pick up these work orders right you've got to pick up these deliveries because we've got a gap in the workforce so not only is frontline supervisors you know doing their tasks, managing their teams, but also doing the jobs of, you know, of the people that they're supervising as well. So it becomes even even more critical to support them. And I'm glad you kind of mentioned that because I think it's an it's another kind of overlooked persona. When we talk about I mean, I I think one of the things you were alluding to is we're talking about um, whether it's an IT admin or um, the business operations leaders, IT business partners, it could be people in training. I mean, you know, when we talk about digital transformation initiatives, right, um, that involves change. And you've kind of alluded to the change management issues. I'd love to kind of dig in a little bit more on that, which is, you know, the first question is, what have you seen has been effective? And and maybe what have what are the things that companies have done that you've seen that have kind of led to failure or disaster when trying to kind of implement, you know, new technology solutions down to the front line? So in terms of what has been effective, I think the biggest piece is really understanding what the problem is. That curiosity and communication, those are the two things that really work because you need to have deep understanding of that. Um, I don't know if you've heard the story uh, about Henry Ford. Henry Ford used to say that, uh, hey, if I asked people what they wanted, they would say faster horses. Uh, but my job is to make sure that I understand the problem, not the solution. I don't go and ask them, what should I build? I ask them, what is it that you need solved? Um, and I also observe because sometimes what they say is different from actually how they're performing the tasks as well. right? So um, in my opinion, what works is when you truly understand that and you plug in a solution which disappears into their context. That's success. That requires also a lot of communication. So you asked me, what have you seen fail? What I've seen has failed is when there isn't what we call a product fit. So when when a solution is short-sighted or doesn't actually address the problem or has not taken into account other constraints that they might have. For instance, you might provide, uh, so think about someone who's in manufacturing, right? they are wearing gloves. You give them a solution which requires them to type something or they, they're not going to take off their glove every time and do that. So you need to really be thinking about all these other things that are happening um, so that you can make sure that you are uh, serving a solution that will actually work. And then you're communi- I've seen uh, change management done in a way where uh, here's a new thing. There you go, right? That 
people are then left to their imagination on okay why did they roll out this change how am i supposed to use this it's interesting when people ask questions like well i tried to make sense of it this way or i tried to understand it this way and in my head i'm going it would help if they had more context and became part of that change that was happening versus the change being foisted on them yeah no it's really interesting and and you mentioned a couple of things one is this notion of you know you've talked about i think several times about site visits talk going on site observing talking to customers and unfortunately you know i think it's true that that most when when people are thinking about technology even designing technology they're not doing that first is is that what you kind of find yeah uh, very often um there, there's always these different perspectives right either uh, everyone i think has the right intent but uh, you might be looking at only a part of the problem or you might not be aware of really deeply why that problem is occurring so not having that context is going to result in the wrong thing being created yeah and and i also think it's this notion of you know giving them the technology and and here you go right um you know building and designing the technology is is only kind of one part and and i loved how you kind of talked about the communication aspect and even the the training and adoption i mean certainly that's one of the things that that we found one of the reasons we started skillful right is that there's this expectation is oh yeah once the, the you know if, if we design it optimally and and all this stuff once we put it in users hands it kind of takes care of itself yeah you you have to be aware of it i mean you can make it easier so that the adoption and learning curve is not as steep but you need to be thinking about that aspect as well and like we uh, talked early on in this conversation even thinking how it that information is consumed differently between someone who's sitting at their desk and has time to go through a training versus someone who just has to see the most important thing that is relevant to them at that moment this a different way of doing it for both of them you want ease for both of those personas but in one case there's a huge element of time criticality and time sensitivity yeah and and you mentioned something earlier when we were talking about the uh the supervisors and the and the and the managers that stress that they're under right now and and it it's stress for everyone on the, on the front line i think and and often you know when we're rolling out new technology or, or anything new but in this case if we're thinking about technology you roll it out well that just adds to their kind of stress burden and one of the things that what we've heard is that really it's it's there's an anxiety there right which is hey you're asking me to 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 learn this new thing right or to use this new technology and now that may create anxiety may create anxiety because geez i've got 10 other things on my plate that I'm already doing and juggling. And now I've got to learn this new thing. Number two is, Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm not going to be able to understand this. Right. And maybe it's the generational thing as you talk about, which is I'm not going to be able to pick this up very easily. I, I don't know. Or we've even seen it where if I don't learn this, I don't know how to use this technology. I, I could lose my job. Right. right. So I think there's real anxiety that most people don't associate with technology certainly most knowledge workers information workers may not associate technology that's very real out on the front line so true and the the thing to understand about technology is it is so amazing for its potential 
we can solve so many problems with it but at the same time if it's not done right it can do the opposite and create all these frustrating situations all these anxiety inducing situations so i loved how you talk, talked about the anxiety aspect of it uh, why does technology seem daunting because it can feel like a task in itself learning it can feel like a thing in itself so let's get back i, I just want to um come back to this the communication you know the learning you know how, how do what are the kind of best practices you've seen among your customers in terms of getting that right that part of it right so part of it is you, you've talked a lot about change management yeah. uh, the the way that we try to address it through technology on our side is building products that are inherently uh, that makes sense that inherently uh, that progressive disclosure is useful for them to get acquainted um, we try to avoid cognitive overload uh, in a given context like are they seeing too many things what can we do to provide them with a very catered custom experience specific to what their role is for instance when i've seen it done well there is this conversation around it there is a real understanding of the context and the timing in which it, it is going to be used. There is clear communication on the goals. For what is this? How is this going to be accomplished? How would you do blah? How would you accomplish your goal X? That is the type of thing that I have seen uh, as one of the best practices on uh, just that transparency, just that regular touch base regular communication looking at it holistically that that is what i have seen work really well and i've seen a, a number of customers do this really well they start with a trial they start with uh, uh, like we work regularly with customers who are doing pilots who are like let's iron this out let's do it with a small group of people and see how they uh, take to it what are our unique challenges that we might run into gather the feedback having that ability to hear the other voice as well and then take it further to see okay now i'm ready to scale this up now i'm ready to deploy this more broadly by applying the learnings that i learned from my small group um, that works really well and, and even getting that small group buy-in helps you know you create you know, hopefully create champions within your organization among the front line itself Absolutely. When you when the uh, gains are tangible, uh, they are having a they are being more productive. They are being able to make better decisions. They are not blocked. That just speaks for itself. And you are able to see that uh, you know uh, there are multiple organizations that we have worked with where we have seen that transformation happen. And this entire workforce is now being able to do something in a different way, but without feeling like it was disruptive. Yeah, that, that's amazing to see. So Tulsi, I think this is a great segue because you talked to that's amazing to see. And, and you're obviously very passionate about what you do. I, I always love to kind of ask a question who's worked of someone who's worked in technology as long as you have, as long as I have and other people I know, um, you know, what is it that you love about working in technology and what do you hate about it? Or maybe hate is too strong a word, but what are the things that you don't like about it? Uh, I, I think it's what I alluded to, alluded to before. To me, technology has so much problem-solving potential. Like we can turn to it to uh, the the potential is endless. 
we can do so many things with it that were previously not possible right we can adjust we can um, adjust our speed on how quickly we deliver it and so on so that's the thing that the, that problem solving aspect is the thing that i love about technology what frustrates me is when we have not really thought about the practicalities um, of like ground realities and when technology doesn't fit into it. Um, I, by nature, am a little bit impatient with technology. It's a, it's a joke in our household. My husband is a lot more patient with trying out something if it doesn't work well. And I'm like, it just, it just has to work. It, it ha it, it's there for me. I'm not there for it. Right. So that's uh, how I am when I'm consuming technology. Um, so you, I would say that, you know, both sides of it in that yeah. sense. Yeah. I think we've probably gotten to the point where, like you said, I think we expect a lot of technology and sometimes there's a lot of hype around technology and when it doesn't live up to the promise, right. It can be more frustrating than anything else. And I feel that way as well. Yeah, um, exactly. So Tulsi, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you joining us. And, and I love the fact that I think anybody who, who any of our listeners out there will come away with a central theme, which really is that empathy and empowerment. And I think it's, it's a great one to take away for anyone, you know, really in, in, in dealing with, you know, implementing technology or implementing anything, but especially to the front line, because as we've said, it's, it has definitely been overlooked, underserved. And I think it's very clear that you and your organization have done a, a lot of thinking, a lot of talking to the front line. So again, I really want to thank you for your, for your time and your, your insights today. Absolutely, Gene. It was a pleasure to be here and it was a great conversation for us to have. And if folks that are listening want to reach out to you, they can find you on, um, on LinkedIn, correct? Yes. So LinkedIn would be a great place to find me. And I can also share with you a URL for anyone who's curious about the work that my team is doing. So that would be HTTPS aka.ms slash frontline dash workforce. That's great. So and what we'll do also when we, um, if you check out the social channels for frontline innovators on LinkedIn, uh, or on Twitter, we'll put that URL in there so um, folks can go in there and, and click straight through. I think that'd be great. Awesome. That's great. Tulsi, thank you again. Um, and thanks to our audience for, uh, for tuning in today. Um, and to the, to the folks listening, I hope you found this conversation as enjoyable as I have. Uh, if so, please share and rate the podcast. Five-star ratings help ensure that it gets promoted to other professionals like you that are innovating on the front lines. And a friendly reminder that this podcast is sponsored by Skillful, the mobile digital adoption platform for deskless and frontline workers. And you can visit the Skillful website at skyllful.com. And if you or someone you know is out there innovating on the front lines, we'd love to hear about it. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn and share your story. See you on our next episode.